Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Happy Tuesday, lovely people. There's not a huge amount to say today, but we've got an amazing podcast, part two of the Habits series. We're going to dive a bit deeper into foundational practices, um, chatting about journaling and and meditation and and a number of different things. So, you know, if there are things that you've sort of wanted to try and not really got into, or if there are things you want to extend, come and have a listen. It's full of of practical stuff, really fun episode, and uh, we had great fun recording it. The only real announcement we've got at the moment is that the live alcohol experiment for This Naked Mind is starting in November and I will be there as one of the coaches so if you want to come on in it is an absolutely amazing experience. You're going to get access to loads of This Naked Mind coaches, a massive community of people that are just figuring out what a few days away from alcohol could be like for them. This is not a challenge, it's not a you have to stop for 30 days, it is an experiment. So you know wherever you are in your journey you're going to learn a huge amount from it and I know so many people that have been in there more than once because they loved it that have just just started just an amazing new chapter um, off the back of the of the live alcohol experiment so awesome excited to see you there I'll put a link under the show notes but without further ado here we are with habits part two. Oh, that rhymed we're rolling okay ladies and gentlemen here we go radical responsibility no yes but we are, hang on a minute. No, I'm going to have to edit this bit out. Brilliant. We're not doing that. I've totally got my mind in a complete melt. Perhaps we'll leave this in here. Actually, take two. <laughs> Radical responsibility was last week. This week, we are talking about habits and all of the amazing <laughs> things that we can build. Ellie's lost it. Ellie's I lost nearly it. spat my tea everywhere. That's <laughs> ruined my bloody mic, man. Look, when we're recording things in the future about things from the past, from the future, from the past part, I just get a bit confused. Sorry. Um, it's been a long day. We are talking episode two of habits and we wanted to take, we sort of got to this point of having a really lovely exploration of journaling. Um, but we really want to to kind of like open the door and, and take a deeper dive into meditation because for both of us, if there were going to be foundational pieces that we truly believe are just universally helpful for everybody, these yes. are them, right? So, you know, do, do you know what's nice? We haven't really planned this and I'm excited about that because I think both of us have got such like amazing... I have. Have I've you? Planned it, yeah. You, Why? Because I'm, I, I, I thought I'd be less, less, less jazz today. Um, Bloody well, hell! What, well, I, I planned a little bit. Well, if you've planned it, you can do it then. Go on, off you go. Well, what I was going to start off with, Mister Sam, is so, so yes, we were talking journaling last, I suppose, last session last week. Last session. And um, oh god, don't set me off. We were talking about journaling and what I said about journaling and meditation is that both of those practices are unique in so much as you would be hard pushed pressed to find anything else where you can find the same stillness and solitude and that is probably the thing that we need more than anything so what I thought would be really helpful is to talk specifically about why meditation is so important as a practice Mm -hmm. and the kinds of benefits it delivers so what it delivers on 
I thought that you and I could talk about our own meditation practice so we can kind of explain to people how we meditate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then what it feels like, because what I'll hear from people is, I think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm shit <laughs> I'm not <at> sure. <laughs> yeah, my, my brain keeps telling me stuff. So, Take it um, back. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've got a plan. Well, just, well that, that was where my mind went. And then the last thing I, I would like to do is just give a couple of resources so that people have something to go away with to, to try. So that's what I thought. So awesome. why it's important. And I'm going to split this into two areas and we can talk about both short-term immediate benefits Mm -hmm. and we talked last episode about delayed gratification so Mm -hmm. habits yeah you generally want to have a bit of you know feeling good in the moment like you 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 want to do things because they feel good but there are a lot of things where you're going to feel the benefit cumulatively and you're not necessarily going to get it all up front and so we have to accept this delayed this concept of delayed gratification so in the short term, the things that um, the, the things the, the reasons why meditation sorry the the, the, the the reasons why meditation is important. I feel like I'm not making any sense. The reason why it's important in the short term. So it is a non-sleep deep rest protocol. So if you go and sit and meditate for a period of time, five, ten, fifteen, thirty minutes, you should in inverted commas, feel calm at the end of it. You should feel more peaceful, right? It's it's a, um, a restorative practice mm-hmm. for brain and for body. You are going to be alert. So it's not like you're going to sleep. You aren't completely, um, you know, shutting down. You're not napping, but you are going into a restful state. And so that is going to feel good, especially if you're particularly busy and if you think about if you think about your what like when you wake up in the morning if you've got um like a a reserves of energy so when you wake up you should have had good restorative sleep particularly if you don't drink so you should wake up with gas in the tank and feeling good ready to start the day and then we talked about decision making fatigue I think before so you have to make decisions and you have to do stuff and so your reserves start to be depleted you start to go through your adaptive energy and so if you want to make it through the day without losing your shit then it's a good idea to fill up your tank yeah so I will make sure that there are points in the day where I go and do things and it's not just meditation it can be going for a walk it can be it can be having a nap but meditation is a great practice for giving yourself more adaptive energy and yeah. so there's this kind of this immediate calming clarity. Like if you've got a really busy mind, you've got a lot of things on just sitting in that stillness and silence for a period, it can just allow you to let things go and to remove the, the noise and the clutter so that I, I often feel much more clear when I come out of a period of meditation. Um, and the last thing that I want to say in the short term stuff is that I also find that it can, the the inner work that we have going on, the things that we know that we need to attend to, it can belief work or inner child work, whatever those things are, often, even without consciously going in to achieve an end, I can go into a period of meditation and something will come up 
like I've, I've come out of meditation and been sobbing and it's taken me completely by surprise, but it's just, it's allowed the release of something. It's allowed you to move through something. And then I'll often go into a, you know, journaling back to journaling. I'll then go into journaling and be able mm. to um, go a little bit deeper with it. So that's short term. What do you think, Sam? <clears throat> I think that's amazing. I think, um, yeah, absolutely. There's a huge benefits to it. Um, I'll probably get a little bit more wacky in my um, on it. I, I the only thing we ever have in life is our truly is is our mind, and you know we're, we're walking out and we're we're with, it's with us all the time. You know we're interacting with people. We don't we might talk to people, but the one thing that we're always in is our is us, and we our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with our thoughts literally dictates our relationship with the world and with mm. reality. And I think very often we're strapped to our thoughts. There's no separation between us and what's happening, you know. And if, if things are happening and we're reactive instead of responsive, you know, it's the difference between, oh, I am anger, I am angry. And yes. wow, look at that anger. And that's that piece of difference, that slight step back of you sitting into the witness is just unspeakably powerful. Mm. And I would say that it's the one thing that will increase the depth of your experience of life more than anything else in the world, because mm. it gives you choice. It gives you the ability to be able to respond. It, it, it allows you to be able to break habitual kind of reactions to things, and it gives you your power back. Um, and in the short term, that's incredible. Like that's an amazing thing to have. And it doesn't, it's kind of one of those things where there's an element of trust involved. Like it, you get that short term kind of like, wow, I feel better in the moment. Um, but also it picks up over time. Like we're going to talk about the long stuff, but so yeah, like it's, it's an amazing practice. It really is. Yeah. And that for sure. Like I, I, I can attest to that with my own experience, like the, the, you know, over time, cumulatively, the more meditation minutes and hours you get under your belt, the, feeling much more at peace and calm and being able to sit in acceptance and emotionally regulate in a very different way um that that is for sure one of the big cumulative benefits mm. um as is releasing accumulated stress so if you think of how many years you've walked the planet and all the different things that have happened to you over the years and all the different experiences that you've had, the body carries stress, right? And we've had many, many years worth of accumulated stress. So if you find, if you've tried meditating and you find that you're resistant to it for whatever reason, then a really good uh, reason to persist is that every time you sit and meditate, you are releasing stress from the past every single time and who doesn't want to do that who doesn't want to get rid of all of their shit from the mm. past so it's absolutely worth the investment and we can talk when we get to resources and how we practice we can talk a bit more to that because I, I think the two practices that people i think are most important and people are most resistant to are journaling and meditation yeah and, and it's often to do with our story and our perception of what they are yeah. and what we believe them to be um 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, I think it's really important that we speak to that. And I think there's a few things as well that I'd like to really talk to later. I think it's really important we talk to that. I'm not good at meditation or like yes, this kind of yeah. idea because it, it comes up again and again. But on from the habit perspective, um, meditation and mornings are really powerful. Mornings are an incredible time to set precedence, right? Mm. So it's kind of like if we're in the morning and we have like, a, I like to have build like a morning formula and I will always like, I have my own one. It's very, very strong. Like I have a set of that. And to me, it's very, very important to do it. Um, if you teach yourself that I am going to go to this repeated practice in the morning and I'm, you know, going to sit in that space where I give myself the love and the, you know, and just the time, then you will do it through the day. That five minutes of, investment will buy you hours and hours of, of mind space later in the day and mm. you know getting into that habit is such a wonderful thing to have because it just gives you emotional resilience it gives you back the choices like we were talking about the choice yeah. not to react as much but to respond and living a life of response over reaction is really different um and you know no one's perfect but i mean in my life like i definitely respond a lot more than i used to i used to react a lot more mm. um and I have a lot more choices, a lot more mental choices in how I can respond to people. Um, and it actually just doesn't flare up a lot of things that used to get flared up for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great thing to like get into the practice and habit of doing in the morning or late at night when things are quiet. Um, and it will it will help frame your day. It really helps you frame yeah. your day. Yeah, I love I love what you're saying there about like feet and feeling the benefit on the morning, mm. not only because it's then going to put more in the tank for you to have throughout the course of the day. And if you feel the benefit of it, you're going to be more inclined to do more of it during the day and sit more than once. But I think also there's, it, it, it breaks down some of the barriers, right? So if you get up and the first thing that you do is go and meditate or go and journal or, you know, whatever the habits are that you're trying to instill, if you get it done first thing, you're going to feel like a champ all day because you've done it mm-hmm. and you're going to be more likely to do it the next day. Whereas if you let your day start to um, rule you, then it's going to be that much harder to, to fit it in. That's it. So I always talk to people and, and we, I think our third parter to this habits is going to be about how we instill habits. So I'll talk a lot more to it, but it, it's like having this protected time for yourself. First thing on the morning, especially if you've got kids and you're trying to get up before the kids to, to, to invest the time in these practices. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, like the when we talk about longer term cumulative benefit is, um, and this comes from, have you, um, I'm just going to ask you right out, Sam, have you read um, Emily Fletcher's book, Stress Less, Accomplish More? No. So, so Emily Fletcher, she was a Broadway actress, and then uh, she's the lady that's behind the Ziva, Z-I-V-A technique. And her uh, book, right, yes, okay. yes. So I know the so, technique well. Okay. Yes. So her book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, is a fantastic book because it not only talks to the, the why in the house or why meditation works, how it works, you know, light science for people like me that are kind of interested in, um, I'm the questioner, so I want to know more. So it's, it's very good in that respect. But she also, she's very entertaining and she writes, you know, it's a light read. It's very nice. But she also then talks specifically about her technique, the Ziva technique, 
And so it's a good resource if you are wanting to get into meditation and be a meditator. Um, and in her book, one of the things that always stuck with me was this image. Um, she talks about how, so we have the left hand side of the brain and the right hand side of the brain doing different things. So critical thinking and then the more creative stuff. And she's talking about how when we meditate, the bridge between the structural bridge between the two parts of the brain is strengthened. Mm -hmm. So if you look, you know, if you were to look at a, a yogi's brain, it's going to have a very thick, um, let me just check the name of it, corpus colossum, I think it may be called. <laughs> Apologies. Colossum corpus. Bloody well pronounced that wrong with my, with my northern <laughs> accent. But essentially, I'm, I'm imagining a bridge between the two parts of my brain. Yogis have a very thick one because they do lots of Buddhist monks because they do so much me uh, meditation. But this, this bridge between the two parts of the brain means that the, they can communicate much more effectively, more efficiently. And so what does that do? That enhances your intuition. Mm -hmm. And that means that, like, if you think about going about your day with your subconscious mind running, it's like, it's like a processor running in the background the whole while. And um, so if, if you've got a much more efficient, effective processor that is taking in all of the different things with your interoception, and then it's able to process it without the conscious thought, it's kind of running independently. And I think it's, you know, if you ever had that feeling of like, oh my God, I've just been brilliant there. Something just came to me. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it just never happens. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, you know, when you're, when you really feel in flow and, and certainly like I, I could a hundred percent say that when, when I, when my meditation practice is consistent, I feel much more effective, productive, efficient, and it's down to that processor running much more efficiently in the background because the communication is so much stronger because you've got this stronger bridge and the, those two parts, the critical thinking, the, the creativity, it's it, instead of being dominated by the left-hand side of the brain and just all, all of the, um, the critical thought, it's allowing, the, uh, allowing your brain to do its thing without you having to be all over it. Yeah, and it, and it connects us with our kind of deep inter intuition. There's this, you know, there's a lot to be said for going and getting, um, if there's things that you want to work through in your life, there's a lot to be said for going and getting help, for going and talking to know, be a therapist, counsellor, all these different mediums, coaches, all these are great. But we have an inbuilt healing part of us. And I think a lot of, like a lot of people in life, the, the journey is kind of, we go, we kind of like add things to the onion. It's like, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And what, you know, what we learn from yoga is really that the journey is actually to peel away the layers of the onion. And what a lot of us accidentally do is add things on, you know, oh, I meditate, I do this. And we end up in this kind of like spiritual materialism and spiritual bypassing. When actually, if you sit for long enough with a good, with a meditation practice, you will take the layers of the onion away. Um, and underneath at its core, you get to this piece, the witness piece, which is always okay. And within there, there's like inbuilt healing. And what we, what we feel very often we heal and what we resist, you know, persists. And mm. it's not that we can always work through everything, but much like you're saying, Ellie, when you have this, this upwelling of emotion or this kind of just like, you know, just being curious and just doing the opposite of what we often do and, and not running from our emotions and actually feeling them. Um, 
opens this door to absolute magic sometimes. Um, and then we can outsource. Maybe there's something where we feel like, wow, I don't know how to deal with that. And then we can go and outsource it. But that's amazing because that's it's there. Um, but often for me, very often, I, I often find the interesting thing about meditation is that if you hone in on a feeling and cut the story out and you just focus on what the feeling looks like, sounds like, what, you know, is it hot? What shape is it? If you label it or if you, you know, these kinds of things, you rob it of its meaning because you stop creating a meaning around it. It just yeah. becomes a feeling in your body. And then what you find is that, oh, right, it's just a feeling and it can't do anything to me. And then full awareness and full presence is kind of like full acceptance and it will start to pass. Um, and that's to learn that is an incredible tool, a wonderful tool, because you don't need to be worried or scared of your emotions anymore. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that is another really powerful thing. Mm. Mm. And you know what else is great about meditation? It's free. <laughs> Cost nothing. Cost nothing. So do, do you want to talk about your practice? Yeah, happy to. Really happy to. It's evolved. Um, and if I'm honest, like I'm busy and I and I probably don't practice as much as I could do or used to. Um, I always meditate for a, for a minimum of 10 minutes each morning. Um, and I'll talk about um, what I do. Um, I say that, but I think as you know, I've had a strong meditation practice now for, I'd say for about 10 years. And it was really heavily hit when I was drinking. And like I've spoken, I've spoken to this before, but actually my meditation practice taking a hit was one of the main reasons that I became so aware of what alcohol was doing to me. So mm. if you are drinking and you do start meditating, it can be really interesting to notice what happens because it can start showing you things about how you're being impacted, things you didn't even notice before, like how you feel in the morning, what's it doing to your emotional resilience, et cetera. Mm. Um, so I've been through various, I've, I've had states I've, you know, when I was in the ashram in India, entire days of silence, sitting in meditation. I've had some quite intense periods of sitting. Um, but now I, I tend to work with, two different things. One of them is an app, which I'll happily talk to you later. I don't know when, if you want me to talk about that now. Um, and the other one is just sitting with me um, and working with the breath, right? So it kind of, and they're two very different things, right? So should I talk about them and, and, and the yeah, difference between yeah. the two? Okay. So I started off like working with um, lots of different apps and, and trying out lots of different things and reading lots of books. The, the power of now was probably the opening, the book that really opened this world to me. And I, and I would say that there are two books that are very similar that are written in a different style. So it's the power of now and the untethered soul. Um, and they're both fantastic and they both speak to very similar things, but in a different way. Um, so we'll link those in the show notes for anyone who hasn't read them. Um, but that was kind of like what blew the doors open for me. It made me realize, wow, life can be a meditation. Like we have this idea of like, you know, yoga's on a mat and like meditation is sitting with your eyes closed and with your, with your legs crossed when actually uh, it's, it's not, it's what it has, it's the effect it has off the mat or off the cushion. That's, that's the really powerful thing. So I practice a lot of meditation all like a lot. I have like mindful minutes and I have, you know, um, times of meditation throughout the day. But my formal practice in the morning is Sam Harris, uh, his app, Waking Up. And the reason that I've really connected with his app is it's he works a lot with non-dualistic meditation and Dzogchen Buddhism, 
which is incredibly difficult to put into words, but it's kind of the idea that there is no connection with you and the space that you're in. And he guides you into understanding how you can connect with that space. And so like the idea that your consciousness, for example, is held behind your eyes is a feeling. And if you break down each of the layers of the onion, you can get to a point where you feel like you're kind of like one with everything. It's wacky, but it's really cool, really deep. I love it. I love his way. I love his way he talks. Like I love his whole thing. So for me, that's something I connect with every day. Um, and then I also do my own sick meditation where I sit in Vipassana, work with the breath um, and continue mm-hmm. to just return to the breath. And so your Sam Harris one, is that yeah. a, that's a guided meditation? Yeah. So his app is called Waking Up. He's got a book called um, Waking Up to Spirituality. It's something like uh, Waking Up to Spirituality Without Religion, I think. Um, so it's a, for anybody who's like non-religious, they're not religious. It's a fantastic um entry point to, to meditation and how helpful it can be and he's done that he's done lots of like for he's worked with a lot of masters he's worked like sat in a lot of month long i think months and months of meditation retreats he's a neuroscientist so he comes at it from the science and he comes at it from the spirituality wow. and he finds the connections so that he has a podcast inbuilt into the app he has a daily meditation he has a lot of interesting um mini series as well meta all sorts of different things on there i just love the app i i always say to people i think it's one to move on to after they've used an app like headspace where they've got to grips with kind of like the 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 kind of like base um base is the wrong word kind of like foundational pieces of meditation mm-hmm. um sitting with the breath and vipassana style meditation where you continue to return to the breath which we can talk about mm-hmm. um but I just love his stuff. Um, I really vibe with what he talks about. It really connects with me. Um, so I love to do that every morning. I love to connect with his teachings. And then, yeah, I like to sit with the breath and I have a, a practice, like a lot of breath workers and, and things that I do as well. Go on then, tell us more about it. So, so you do, you, you, what, 10 minutes in the morning with Sam? Yep. Sam and Sam. <laughs> Sam and Sam rocking out together. Sam God, if Sam. we could get Sam Harris on the podcast one day, that would be cool. Um, well, we've yes. got a wish list. I mean, bloody hell. I'm not sure we can manage that. We can try. Um, yes. Sam and Sam hanging out. Um, in the morning and then in the afternoon. So I tend to, so I have like a mindful, so it depends what I'm doing. I will. So I tend to try and challenge myself to bring something in that becomes more and more mindful. So I'll give you an example. This might put a funny image in your head. <laughs> but, oh God. Like I go. just decide like, right. Okay. Where's somewhere, where is like a habitual kind of thing that I do where I often switch off. So brushing my teeth used to be something where I, I used to just brush my teeth and switch off. I now, I now, I now brush my teeth in a deep squat. So I sit in a deep squat for two minutes because Fucking it's, hell. well, no, because it's good for you <laughs> and I'm mindful about it. Right. And so like, I continue to invite things into like, honestly, hang in, hang in from a pole is good for you. <laughs> can you deep squat for two minutes? She's laughing here. <laughs> you probably can actually, cause you're, you know, yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, but most people can't. It's good for you. It's really, really good for you. It is very good for you. So yeah, I mean, like I bring in little, I'm weird. I bring in little things that like a lot of people don't do. Um, and yeah, but so my only real, honestly, my only real formal stuff is breath work around lunchtime, breath work in the evening. I'm always doing like a, a four, eight breath normally before bed. Uh, and then the morning practice, um, 
and my key things. And then I will every now and again, it's been a while because of COVID and everything, I will go and do either, you know, some something in an ashram or some kind of challenge. Like I was, I had a 30 day Vipassana retreat planned, but it didn't happen with all this stuff that's been going on. Um, mm. Yeah. Wow. But it's amazing. I love it. I would, it's, it's the wise, you know, something that always sticks, always. So, do you, so why don't you talk a bit about your, uh, your practice your vipassana practice okay so you know ultimately i think a lot of people this connects with the i'm not good at meditation thing because what a lot of people do is they sit down and they have a load of thoughts in their head and people believe that the goal of meditation is to stop thinking they have this idea out there that like oh you meditate and you don't think and you end up into this this zone of the flow and and it's like it's the right, it's not the goal. The goal of meditation is to completely change your relationship with your thoughts. So there is a distance between you and them. Mm. And ultimately, very often, the journey that a lot of people will go on is that they'll meditate. They'll like be like, oh yeah, this is okay. Or or like, oh, I'm not sure I get into this. And then a little while in, they'll be like, oh, I'm terrible at this. My mind's just full of crap. And they feel like they're just going backwards. But actually what's happening is when we first start to sit, we don't, we can't even notice the amount of thought stuff. It's like the, in Buddhism, they talk about the, the you know, the drunken monkey bouncing around people's heads. Um, we can't note it. We don't notice it's there. And as we start to progress, we start to notice how bloody crazy we all are and how much like mad shit there is in our head. Um, and the thing to remember is you have to flip the understanding of meditation. Most people believe if my head is full of crazy thoughts and, and this and movies of yesterday and movies of tomorrow, then I'm not doing it right. And it's like, well, no, because every time you realize that that's happening, you're coming back to the witness, coming back to the place. That's the rep. That's like being yeah, exactly. in the gym and, and having the rep. And that's the win. It's like, oh, I've come back again. So it's not, oh, for goodness sake, you're a nutter. You can't meditate. It's well done. You've realized exactly. that you're connected. You're coming back to your center again. And the more you do that, You'll have days where you sit down and like you can keep mindful, but it's, you know, even the Buddha, like we think the human experience is dualistic. So we have to have like a comparison of like me and you black and white in order to like navigate the world. So, and thought is how we do that because otherwise we would just have an experience of just being one with everything. We need some kind of separation. So it's not that you're supposed to stop thinking. It's not that you're going to get to this place of like never thinking again. It's that your relationships to your thoughts are going to change. And if you understand that about meditation, then you can be kind to yourself. You're not shit at meditating. You're human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and like, yeah, for me, I just come back. Sorry. I come back to the breath. So like, yeah. it depends. Like if you're focusing on, I see for me, I find it easier to focus on my abdomen for whatever reason. Some people focus on their chest. Some people focus, but I find belly breathing easier. Um, and I will notice the rise and fall and I'll often count. Um, and you know what, like even with 10 years of meditation practice, getting to 10, getting to a count of like in one, out one, in two, getting to 10 is no like easy feat. No, it's not. <laughs> do, do you know what, that's really funny that you say that because earlier, so I, I was meditating earlier on, knowing that we were going to be recording this later on. So I'm going to do, I'm going to count and I'm going to see how far I get to. Yeah. <laughs> Too. and then I'm thinking about the kids dinner and all of the stuff but just as you say the important thing if you take just one thing from listening to this episode and you're trying to meditate and you're getting frustrated with your brain and your thoughts it's the rep 
it's yeah. the just as you say it's it's noticing it and it's bringing yourself back and it's finding the the right anchor for you so my uh, my favorite yoga teacher the she she talks about when we meditate in class she talks about focusing on the tip of your nose and you can focus on the mm-hmm. coolness of the inhale and then the um you know the, the air heats up and it's and it's slightly warmer on the exhale and it's such a a, a simple but profound thing to focus on so that would be a bit like you focusing on your, your belly breathing yeah. and the other thing that um i will focus on is i'll i'll use a mantra so i'll usually use let on the inhale and then go on the exhale nice or, or a number of, of i mean there's all sorts of things that you could use the mantra and actually you know if you go through um if you're interested in the ziva technique or uh Emily Fletcher's book she talks about you I mean you just use the word one I think is what she uses in her book Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to have a fancy a fancy mantra but you can have a fancy mantra if you want one it's but it's it's something that's meaningful and that you can you try things out see what works it's really interesting I used to use arm a lot um and it's you know in in the Hindu like basically in traditional kind of like yoga it's the seed syllable right so it's the sound from which everything came yeah and it's very interesting the kinds of connections like we know that there's kind of like these sounds that certain things emit and that like um sound is it moves through you know all the different parts of your body you can feel it like resonating like whether you think that chakra is or whether you whatever like it doesn't really matter if it makes you feel good um i used to have for yeah quite a strong um marlabead practice um, yes, yeah. And I found it really, really powerful. It's something that just talking about it now makes me think that maybe I would. There's something incredibly centering about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I, um, I've got two beautiful Marla and I used to sit with one of them regularly. And I don't know how I fell out of doing that because just as you said, there's, there's something very special about that. And what, what I would always notice afterwards is like wow that went quickly that went re- you know when you you can sit there in meditation thinking gosh it's taken a while today <laughs> I mean I've spent my 15 minutes yet on my 30 minutes or whatever but it always seemed the time always seemed to pass more quickly mm-hmm. with Marla in hand so yeah and that you know all these things like it's, it's different people different things that we connect with um and yeah, it's so powerful, such an amazing thing. So where where would you where would you suggest someone start if they've never if they haven't gone this route before? I've sort of got I've got an idea on this, but what would you what would you suggest to someone? Honestly, yeah, go on. I'd suggest doing restorative yoga first. Okay. Just because of how um, powerful that is as a practice in finding yourself in your own body mm-hmm. to, to, to gain that presence. Um, and of course, restorative yoga is, it, it's also known as nesting yoga. So it's very nice. It's like wrapping yourself up in blankets with lots of cushions and props and things. And then sitting in, a, an egg. in an egg. To sit in an egg. In a, being in a very supported, <laughs> relaxed posture for a period of time. And naturally, what does your brain do? Your brain starts to think, but it also relaxes. Mm. And so it's, I think it's a really good entry point to starting to find that 
point of being the witness, the observer to the thoughts and the feelings and the sensations. So that would be that would be my um, my strong recommendation. But I understand that some people probably or possibly wouldn't be interested in necessarily going to a specific yoga class to start meditating. It's not you know you don't need to do that, but I've had people ask me a lot, like whether, whether guide, you know, there's lots of apps. So you mentioned Headspace, I think, and there's Calm and Insight Timer. So I use Insight Timer, but primarily I use Insight Timer just for the, um, just for the noise of the bell at the end. The timer. (laughs) Yeah, I just literally use it for the timer (laughs) and the basu at the end. Um, Although I do have my fit, there are are many, many guided practices on there and there are some really nice light bath meditations that I like and yoga nidra practices. There are some of my favorite teachers on there. So, and Meta, you mentioned Meta before, Sharon Salzberg's on there. And so I do like Insight Timer, but I don't like, I don't use it necessarily for the guided stuff. It's more for the, just having just literally having the timer but people will often ask me like do I need to have something like that do I need to start off with a guided meditation as opposed to just going and getting a cushion sitting on the floor and um crossing crossing your legs and off you go um and I and and I don't really know what the answer to that is because I think it's highly individual depends Um, on the person yeah yeah so so for me I've never really been into guided meditation I will sit in silent meditation so I will I will go and I'll I'll sit down there on my little cushion and I'll make sure my spine's nice and straight my one of my yoga teachers says it's like imagine you've got an antennae on your head and you're trying to tune yourself into the heavens (laughs) so I'll do that (laughs) go go and watch the video um I'll do that and then I will start to you know lose my gaze I'll start to shut my eyes and I'll open them again a bit and I'll just check them all right and then I'll close them again um and and I usually start off with just a bit of mindfulness so a bit of uh orienting grounding so I'll be thinking about my senses what can I hear what's the first further the furthest thing away from me sounds like I'll cry from open all hours then it's oh god that's um, you're too young for that um I'll, I'll be listening for the thing that's the furthest sound away from me the closest sound to me I'll be looking at what's behind my eyes what colors can I see mm-hmm. what's what's going on behind my eyes what can I smell if I can smell anything what residual taste do I have in my mouth and then how do I feel how do I feel in my body places of lightness places that are connected with the earth sensation of cool that sort of thing and then I will get into what we were talking about earlier which is the breath sometimes counting sometimes mala mantra but it's silence it's it's setting the timer and it's sitting Mm. in silence for that period it's interesting I think a lot in my experience a lot of people there can be a lot of benefit in having something that brings you there consistently so what I hear a lot is I've only got this amount of time or what's the point or, and I will often say to people, look, go grab headspace, do three minutes a day, right? Mm. Do three minutes for a day for a month. And then you'll find yourself doing five and then you'll find mm. yourself doing 10. So if the thing that brings you there every day is having that kind of, so I quite like, you know, having like a, I'm very good at like doing what people sort of like set out for me. So like if people like, you know, and we, we've looked at, we've been working together on a lot of stuff. Early. We know that we have different strengths and different weaknesses, but like a lot of things that, 
know, I work well in that kind of structure and I quite like returning to something and seeing my progress, et cetera. So if that's what brings you to the mat, then brilliant. For other people, Mm. the idea of having something to do is really powerful. So just having Mm. like a four, eight breath at night, it's like you're doing something, you're still meditating, but you're returning to this four and this eight to this four and this eight. So it's about figuring out what's going to help you build the yeah. consistency at the beginning, and then you will evolve. So my, it's one of the reasons why I don't necessarily recommend people go straight to like the waking up app that I use, although some people will do and will really resonate with it, um, is that I sort of found my way there. And in the, while I'm here, right, so, what, so for example, I mean, like when I was in India, when I spent six months out there, I felt like I was meditating the entire bloody time, like because you sort of you go and you sit in these there's a temple on every corner and so you're just mm. like wow this is incredible and i mean i sat and and meditated by the golden temple in amritsar for an hour with a mate and it's just insane just amazing just to sit and feel the energy of a place like that and just the noise and the, the beauty and just the the energy is wonderful and you you know you're eating with your hands so eating becomes a lot more mindful you sort of you feel the food you're like more and when you're in a place where the where the swiss spirit spirituality is just everywhere it's just laced into everything it's like whoa and so you just you sort of get caught up in this um but then when i'm at home and when i'm here and i'm like working from home and stuff i sort of i connect with it differently so it's different seasons, different reasons yes. and like flowing with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that you need to retain some kind of flexibility and yeah. allow things to flow. So like just as we were saying before, we both had a practice with Marla, which isn't our current practice, but that may come back in again and it may wane again and it yeah. may be replaced by something else. And there are, there's, um, I remember really getting into a, it was more the teaching. So it was, it was a course by a guy called Michael B. Beckwith, who I really like. He's a wonderful spiritual leader. And he did a course with something like meditation for life's challenges. And so he would have like a talk and then a guided meditation. And, and that was wonderful. Um, I was much more in it for the, the, the teaching than, Mm -hmm the guided meditation but what I noticed in listening to the guided meditations is that they if you have no if you have no practice at all it's very good at just giving you the fundamentals of you know how to sit mm-hmm. and where to be and just how to get there how to arrive so if just as Sam says if you're the kind of person that benefits from structure then you can access these. I'm sure they do free guided meditations. Like you don't have to have a paid version. Mm-hmm. You could get some free guided meditations, a three minute one, a five minute one to just as, a, as an entry point to get yourself into it. And then you can start exploring other types of meditation. As a, sorry, I just remembered as a point, like um, if, if there is anyone out there that would, that does want to go and try something out who can't afford it, like that's so true what you say, Ellie. There's so many incredible um, opportunities out there. And, and waking up, I know that um, if you send them a message and tell them that you really can't afford it, they will, they will give you a free subscription. Um, and, you know, people donate so that, so that people can have those. Um, 
because ultimately, you know, I think Sam basically says, well, look, I don't want, I would never want money to stop anyone from having a connection to something that's going to be so enriching for their life. Mm. Um, mm. So there's so many ways out there to, and there's so many things on YouTube and you know, there's just, there's just so much out there that I would encourage people to find one thing and sit with that one thing for a month and then yeah. see how they feel. Um, and yeah. yeah. And then and, like, and- and sorry, Sam, that, and that po- that point, which we're going to keep coming back to on this podcast over and over again, is see how you feel. Yeah. Because this whole, the, the whole point of the somatic bodily experience is how does it feel? And when you have a heightened awareness around that, when you are discovering the things that feel really good and feel really good in a very deeply nourishing way, you're going to want to do more of them. And that is where your life upgrade comes you know, rather than reaching for external substances to try and make you feel better on, you know, the turn of a sixpence. That's it. And if I think if there were one thing in my life that I were to um, say has been the main reason for me having success and being able to build a positive mindset and being able to like chase my dreams, um, this is the foundation for that. Mm-hmm. moving through this and having this deep connection um with that piece i was talking about this kind of like part of me that's that's it like this is the thing so i would encourage anyone if you have a story about meditation and you haven't tried it or if you've tried it before and it didn't work you know reinvite a different idea go back and try something different go back into it with the understanding that you're not bad at it <laughs> it's just like mm. there's no good or bad it's just practice and, mm. and and have a go because it can be there's so many different ways of inviting it into your life mm. oh there are there are and I, I think so within this episode we have resourced people with lots of different ideas things to go and look at and investigate and that will all be in the show notes but I think what will be really powerful extension to this is within our little Facebook group, let's have a conversation there about meditation and what kind of practices yeah. people have right now and where they are finding success, what you know, success in inverted commas, like where things are working for them, what different things they've tried. And it might be a really nice way to uh, help people that haven't haven't started yet with their meditation practice, but do want to. Um, and if you're not in the bloody Facebook group, then why the hell aren't you there? Get yeah. yourself in. Come and join it. And we're going to have a, our first ever live proper Q&A in there, aren't we soon? We've just It'll got... have happened by now, so. Will it? Bloody hell, it's that future past thing again. Oh, bloody hell. Well, we'll be doing loads of them. Yeah, will and... there be more? Oh, God, I was just about to say, let's have a Christmas party on. <laughs> it would have happened a- a by live. No, th- this <laughs> no, I'm <one>. joking. <laughs> We are going to have a Christmas party in there, though. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Your face. You're like, what does that, what does that mean? We're going to find out. We're going to find out now what it means. It means dodgy jumpers and, you know, having fun. Oh, I've got a very nice one. Very nice one. Awesome. Look, I think it's, we're both so passionate about this that I think it's, it's hard to, this so I, I could literally talk about this stuff all day so I, I hope that that little journey through that has been helpful for people and has maybe sparked some interest um 
and and genuinely like if you have other questions or if you think to yourself oh you know what does that mean come into the group and just just post the question and we will absolutely get yeah. back to you and help you out and we'll, we'll post resources in there we'll, we'll talk about it on the lives we can even come up with some kind of mini challenge for like people setting up a meditation practice or something we can Ooh, that's the whole like point that. for the group we can talk about it I like um, that Mr Sam we could, could do it we could do a live on meditation and have a little a little challenge yep. in the yeah so we'll we'll oh, put that into action all of it today full of it right before we end up talking about this for two and a half hours um i think that's that i think um lovely anything else we want to say to our lovely yes. li- listeners other than that, thank you you sounded a bit welsh there sam lovely right. i'm going to wales for the first time ever this saturday i've never been i'm going what's your, what's your favorite welsh word um did you know that microwaves poppity ping? But that's not that's not true, though, is it? Is it not true? No, that's that's not true. Like every, that oh. was a load of bullshit. <laughs> you just ruined my life, Sam. Sorry, sorry. I think that's a load of rubbish. Go find out. Is it? Yeah, pretty sure. Mm. Um, I'll tell you next week when I get back. I'll choose my favourite word from when I'm over there but I'm really excited to go um so yeah no thank you like just just thanks for people we've had the amount of messages of people saying they're connecting and and thanking us is just getting more and more which is lovely it's just lovely to receive them so um please let us know what you're connecting with and please share and like and review us and all of that stuff and yeah that's it really isn't it it's just yeah so we we, yeah we thank you very much for everybody that's got in touch because it is um, it's just phenomenal and it's wonderful and if you would be so kind as to leave us a, a review it just really helps with us spreading the word so. it does it's huge because it helps us it's the one way that like you know we're not doing the advert thing and all that stuff so it really helps us like reach more people and and, and get out there and just spread the word so if you've got just two minutes to just pop onto apple and just leave us a review we would be eternally grateful and we, we love reading them and uh let me start reading some of them bloody out on air might start doing that as well on the intro it, it, come, it comes alan partridge yep. again <laughs> alan's gonna hey i'm not letting you on blow on the bloody intro again mate that's it you've had your swan on there that's my space you can piss off now that's my i'm getting that gig back i'm gonna do what i want <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> right latest folks see you later team